And tonight, uh, we're glad uh, for Dr. Ray Self. And uh, as he comes, again, uh, he has years of quality ministry under his belt. Uh, None of these guys are rookies in this regard. And I'm just excited to hear what you feel like God's put on your heart for the last wind-up service. And so, come on up. We've loaded up the bases. Sail it out of the park tonight. Can we honor together Dr. Ray Self? As he comes to minister God's word to us. Let me get organized here. How are you guys doing tonight? Everybody all right? Good. A couple of people? That's good. Amen. All right. <laughs> that is good. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for what you're about to do. Come, Holy Spirit. Just come. I need you. We all need you. Amen. I just pray the Holy Spirit right now just open up our ears to hear what he would want us to hear and know what he would want us to know. And we leave here, bring to remembrance those things that he has said. Amen. 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 You know, it's uh, interesting. You know, I try to, I, they say I don't behave as well when my wife isn't around. Well, that's probably true. That's probably true. So I saw this is a big Navy base, right? So, so what, you know, you did hear about the Navy recently out on patrol, and they came upon an old deserted island, which is really interesting. And on this island, there was this guy, and he just waving, help, help, help. And the Navy sent a little boat over to the island, and as they pulled up to the beach, the guy comes running out. Oh, thank God, I've been here for five years, five years. And, and they said, yes, sir, we're, we're Navy. We're, we're glad to help you here. Uh, just come on, let's get your stuff. And the guy looked around, and he saw three huts out on the beach. And the Navy officer said, sir, I, I just, I'm just kind of curious. What are the three huts for? And he goes, well, uh, that hut over there is where I've lived for the last five years. Oh, okay. Well, what's that hut right there? Well, that's where I go to church. Oh, well, that, that's nice. Well, what's that hut over there? That's where I used to go to church. <laughs> anyway. All righty. Well, praise God. Lord, forgive me again. Amen. My wife will say, Ray, you know how many times you told that joke? And I said, well, it's still funny, honey. I mean, I like it, okay? <laughs> I like it. You know, uh, this church has an anointing for the city, right? Pastor Fred, you, you mentioned about being a city church, anointing for the city. And what the Spirit of the Lord has put in my spirit is, you know, um, you know, Pastor Kevin and you guys, you know, and Pastor Fred and you guys know this going to take other churches, amen. And you know there's always been this call. Let's, let's get all the churches together so we can unify, so we can take this city. There are other churches that the Lord wants you to connect with. And there are, other city, there are other churches in this city going, we want to connect with other churches. They're out there, but I believe the Spirit of God is saying he is going to show you who these churches are who you can connect with. And the Lord is raising up a, a group of churches in this city, and the group can be very influential. You can touch this city some by yourself, but with this group of churches, you're going to have much more impact. But the Lord says the Spirit of God is going to show you who these churches are. And the Lord showed me there's pastors in these churches right now going, I really want to connect. I really think our church is supposed to connect. I really think the body of Christ needs to connect. The Lord's going to show you who these churches are. And I believe there's five right now you're going to see within this year, okay? And you will connect with them, and you really will impact this city. So, amen, amen. You know, they say Charleston is a, I was looking at it, it's called the holy city. 
the holy city. And I know a few years ago I was out on one of the tour boats. We we're looking at, you know, we went out to see Fort Sumter and stuff. I'm a history buff, and I just, you know, I've studied all this stuff. I, you know, really do. I'm, you know, I, just, I love history, and I, I'm actually kind of a Civil War buff. Actually, my great-grandfather was a Confederate soldier. I still have his diary, you know, and uh, how he had to defend the state of Alabama from the horrible invading northern army that had invaded his state you know he called it the war of northern aggression <laughs> so anyway but I, I love history and and as we were out there on this uh cruise going out toward fort sumter the, the tour guide said the city is known for its steeples and you look back at charleston and you see church steeples you know when you're in on the harbor church steeples everywhere and you would think this would be the most holy city most anointed city the most spirit-filled city on the planet you know, but, it, but it's not. But there are churches out there that are looking for something and they're looking for you. Amen? Okay, I want to talk about three keys. I got, our, I got my slide. Amen? Three keys. Amen? I'm going to go into Corinthians. I'm going to go into Corinthians chapter 13. Amen? I want to read a scripture to you. You know, we've been, we've been prophesying to you. Amen? Everybody, how many people have gotten a prophetic word the last couple of days? Amen? How many people here have not received a prophetic word in the last few days? Okay, well, I just want to tell you, it's too late. So, so it's, it'll be okay. So, no, actually, I actually really do want to minister to you. You know, I've always said, I've taught about the gifts for years. I'm a teacher, preacher, and one thing about it, when you have a spiritual gift, is to give away. Amen? You know, I have a gift. Stan's got a gift. Joe, well, no, Joe's got a lot of gifts. Amen? We want to give it to you. So whatever, the Lord ha whatever we have, we can give to you in the spirit. We really want to do that tonight. Okay? Amen. Amen. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2 says, If I have the gift of prophecy, and I know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. So we want to talk, if we have, I do not have love, I am nothing. Now you're going to say, oh, love, everybody talks about love. We're going to talk just a little bit about it, okay? Because I think I've got a little bit to take on. I want to talk about three keys to having a prophecy work in your life. I want to talk about three keys to have ministry have effect in your life. Without these three keys, we can prophesy all you want. And, you know, prophecy, we're here prophetically to bring healing, to bring confirmation, to edify you, to bring comfort, to hopefully to build you up, to exhort you. That's what prophecy does. But if you miss a couple of things, if you don't have these full, all three of these elements working together, no matter what we do, it's not going to work. And what I want to happen is I want us to bear fruit. I want what we've been doing the last couple of days to bear fruit, like the Bible says, fruit that shall remain. Amen? So we're going to talk about how to get fruit in ministry that will remain. So when you receive ministry and you need healing or you need, you need deliverance or you get this word and you don't understand it, we want to talk about fruit that will remain and, and the keys to have this fruit that will remain. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's go to... Uh, the next slide, Romans 8, 35, 27 through 39. Very familiar scripture, but let's talk about it just a second. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? But all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, that's love. Amen. 
I mean, that is serious love. That's unconditional love. No matter what you're going through, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And I mean, he, he, he lists some stuff, amen? We've all been, anybody been through some stuff? You know what I'm talking about when I say you've been through some stuff? You know, I used to, I do a lot, I'm a counselor, I do a lot of ministry, and uh, I used to think that my story was rough until I, until I you know, heard Kevin's story, amen? And, then I said, <laughs> and, I, and I thought his story was bad until I, I heard Stan's story, and I thought Stan's story was bad until I, I heard your story. It's amazing. We all have a story, amen? We all have a story, but no matter what we've been through, I don't care what it is, the love of God never, ever, 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 ever leaves us. Now, we may not feel it. We may not think it's there. There's been times in my life, I said, God, my God, where are you, God? I don't feel anything from you, God. They, your Bible says I love you. I don't feel loved. But you know what? That doesn't change the fact. You know what I'm saying? I may not feel like the sun's going to rise in the east, but I promise you it does. Amen. I may not feel there's a thing such as gravity, but I promise you there is, okay? There's certain principles that are true no matter what we feel. It's very interesting as Christians and charismatics, we kind of get caught up in emotions and feelings. You have to feel it. You know, you have, if you've got to feel it, we're all feel it. And if, there's nothing wrong with feelings. But faith and truth is not about feelings. It's just reality. It's, it's what it is. Amen? Amen. So true godly love is unconditional. Okay, and what does that mean? What, what is unconditional love? It means, it means love, I forget, there it is right there. I don't have to turn around. That's just so clever. It's really clever. Love that is given or received regardless of our condition. That's unconditional love, amen? Love that is given or received. Now you say, well, that's easy. No, it's not. No, it's not. You, you think it's easy, but we, we say, yeah, I love unconditionally. You know what? Honestly, most of us struggle in that area. We really do. Let's go to the next slide. Some people love you if some people love you because and some people will just love you now there's people who love you if you do things for them they love you if you they you know they'll they'll love you if you do what they want they'll love you if you other oh, there there's churches that'll love you if you tithe there are, there are people that will love you if you behave. There's people that will love you if you do your job. You know what I'm saying? There's people that will love you if you support the right football team. Seriously. And they won't love you if you support the wrong football team. Amen? Try being an Ole Miss fan. You're talking about tough. It's really hard to be. It's hard to find anything, okay? There are people who will love you if. And then there's some people that love you because. They love you because. They love you because you're... Like Joe, so attractive. Or they, they love you because you, you're good to them. They love you because you give them money. They love you because you can play guitar. They love you because you can sing. They love you because, you know, you, you do what they want. But is that really unconditional love? That's actually love with a condition. You know, and I'm not saying anything wrong with loving people because of things, but it's not really godly love. It is love, and, there's, and, and it's, not, it's not bad to love people because of things, but that's really not the love of God. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I could, I could love Pastor Kevin because, man, his teaching and his writing, his, his writing just blows me away. It's like I want to stop writing forever. Every time I read one of his posts, I go, oh, good grief. That is so expressive. I need to talk to you about being a, I think now I'm a continuist. I think I've got a new word I'm using now. I picked it up from you. It's really continuationist is that what i am i'm a continuationist 
It's a brand new theology that I've decided you picked that you wrote about. It's literally amazing. But see, I could love him because of the way he writes. I could, I could, I could love, I could love Pastor Fred because he's so humble and he and he's willing to to submit his church to another church and join just just to to continue the kingdom of God. There's a lot of things we could love people because, but and there's nothing wrong with doing that. But that's not really godly love. You see, there's some people that'll love you period there's not because it's not if it's not be, it's not because you're a good speaker because you're the pastor because you know it's not for a thousand things they just love you well that's well yeah okay i got that yeah but what about that person who uh who rejected you the person who slandered you what about the boss who fired you what about you know what about them you know what about the the person who called you a name you know can you love those people see the true test is unconditional love means i love you it's all over amen there's no strings attached to it and that's godly love and i want to tell you something no matter what we do no matter how much prophecy we give no matter how much anointing there is here tonight no matter how much we lay hands on you you have to have this because if you don't have and understand and receive this unconditional love from the Father and that acceptance, and you don't have this operating in your life, first off, you can't give it if you don't have it. But this is the key to healing. This is the key to your destiny. This is the key to everything in ministry. And Paul said, if, if I prophesy and I know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith is to move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. So Paul is saying, you know what? You can prophesy all you want to, but if you don't have love, it's, it doesn't amount to anything. And I really hope, and I really hope that tonight in the last few days that when we pray for you that you really feel and sense that we do love you and we do care about you. You know, and I try to the best of my ability. Some people it's more difficult than others. <laughs> no, I really do. You know, that's got to be the, the motivation you know, there's prophetic people that just want to tell you the truth to show you their gift. Let me show you uh, that I can hear from God. You know, I'm a prophet. I call them peacock prophets. You ever heard of, seen a peacock prophet? They strut their stuff, you know. I'm a, I'm a man of God. I'm a prophet of God. I have a word. And I'm not trying to mock them, but they, they do kind of get into that pride issue. You know, I'm a prophet of God. God. I just had a guy come to me. I used to be a part of a very large church in Memphis. I had a guy come to our church one day. He went over 20 minutes explaining how he had a word of knowledge. Now, finally, said, will you please get over it and just give the word of knowledge? But, I mean, you don't see a, a true prophet of God or somebody with a prophetic gift doesn't draw attention to themselves. That they really don't. That they just want to give glory to God. They want to disappear all that they can. It, it doesn't, you know, it's not, it's not look at me, I've got a word. But you see, that's not love. Because when you love someone, you just want to give them a word, and you don't really care if you get any credit. You don't really care if they say even thank you. You, you don't really care. You just, you just care about them. You want to see them edified. You want to see them built up. You want to see people set free. Amen. You want to see people in the will of God. And you have to do it because you love. We were created to be loved and to give love. That's, we were created to do this. You see, love makes us feel safe doesn't it? Love fulfills our needs. Love gives us self-esteem. Love gives us peace. Love gives us everything. 
And you say, oh, Dr. Self, this is a message about love. I thought we were going to do prophecy tonight. Well, Paul said, if I don't have this part of it, you forget the prophecy because every prophetic word we give and everything we've done for the last couple of days, if we don't have this down, it means nothing according to our Bible. Amen? So you can desire prophecy all you want to, and you can desire spiritual gifts all you want to, and you can do all this really anointed stuff, but if you don't have love in your heart for the people you're ministering to, and if you cannot receive love, it's just not going to work. It's a very essential thing. God is love. God is love. And folks, love's not a feeling. Love is action. Love is a choice. Love is chosen. Love is act upon. See, what we've got, you, we bought into what the world says. The world says, we love people because I got the, I'm, I'm so in love with you. I love you. Oh, baby, baby, I love you. I'm in love with you. That word in love is not in the Bible. Biblical love says, I'm going to treat you with respect. I'm going to treat you with kindness. I'm going to treat you with courtesy. I'm going to treat you the way I would want you to treat me. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to, give, I'm going to humble myself before you. I'm going to be nice to you. I'm going to be courteous to you, regardless of what you do to me. That's love. And that is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. Now, I'll tell you this, what's really interesting. When you practice those principles, you'll start to get feelings. <laughs> God knows we're, we're, we're feeling people. Some of us are. What's that old song? Feelings, nothing more than feelings. God knows we need feelings, but love is action. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. I said, God so loved the world? He did something, amen? The key word is God so loved that he gave something. He did something. What if it is a God so loved the world that he just wants you to know it? God so loved the world that he just wants you to feel it. God so loved the world that he just loves. He just, you know what? God just so loved the world. He just loved us. He just loved us. He, just, he had feelings toward us. God was in love with us. Now, I'm not mocking God. Please, no, I'm not hearing me that. What I'm saying is God put action to that word. Because he gave his only begotten son. Jesus so loved us, he was willing to lay his life down for us. Amen. Jesus, God gave his son. Jesus gave his life for us. That's love. That's action. That is action. It, it was a choice. Jesus said, nobody takes my life from me. I have the power to lay it down, the power to raise it up again. Jesus willfully, voluntarily went to the cross. You know he had to do it as a volunteer. You know that, right? It's one of the great little theological mysteries. God had a little problem. And the problem was, how could God cancel sin and still be a righteous and holy judge? <laughs> if God had forced his son to go to the cross, that would have been murder. And God would have lost his righteousness. He would have been righteous. So how, did, how do you solve a problem like that? Jesus said, I will volunteer. Jesus voluntarily gave his life for us. He did it as a volunteer. He said, Lord, not your will, not, not my will, but your will be done. He, 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 he voluntarily obeyed his father. He gave his life as a volunteer. That's how God was able to cancel sin and keep his righteous standing as a holy judge because his son willfully went to the cross. If he'd have forced him, he'd have murdered him. But it's an incredible act of love. And that's what we're here for. Amen. You can't have success without love. Love's got to be chosen before it's felt. Love is action, not just hugs. Love gives us acceptance to cite personal issues. I will tell you this. 
the love that accepts us will also defeat the schemes of the enemy. Joe Warner really has a great book out there. Amen. Not, not as good as mine, but it's pretty close. It's a really good book on the back table. Actually, it's a fantastic book. It's an incredible book. You see, when you have the love of the Father and you understand this principle of love, it will defeat the scheme of the enemy because the enemy, one of the primary things Satan wants to do to you is make you feel illegitimate. He wants to make you feel illegitimate. You know, little things like, uh, well, you know, like he did to Jesus. Uh, you know, if you be the Son of God, turn these breads into stone. If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down. And he does the same thing to you. Are you really saved? Are you really anointed? Are you really worth anything? Are you really smart? Can you really play guitar? Are you, are you really called the pastor? Are you really, is this Bonhoeffer thing? Or how's it pronounced? Is it Bonhoeffer? Is, it, is that going to work? I mean, is it really going to work? He, he uses questions, questions, questions. He wants to, to get you to question your legitimacy. But you see, the love of the Father, that unconditional love conquers that scheme of the enemy to get you to question your value, your worth, your purpose, everything about your life. Amen? And so we have to have this. And so what I'm saying is there's two things we've got to know. We need to understand how to receive God's unconditional love and how to give God's unconditional love. And if I'm going to minister to you and Joe's going to minister to you and Stan's going to minister to you, please know that to the best of our ability, we really do love you and we really do care about you. And we're not up here doing this because it, it's just, you know, it just makes us look super cool because look at us, we're so anointed no, it's really because we care about you. And, uh, you know, I really do. I care about the people that, that I pray for, you know, to the best of my ability. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tender heart. And Joe Warner, you know, he's not quite as compassionate as I am, but I've never seen a man give more to the body of Christ than he has. And I'm not saying that just to build him up. It's the absolute truth. I have never known a man give more to the body of Christ, and I've known a lot of pastors than Joe Warner. You see, he may not go, oh, baby, I love you so much. Come here. Just give me a hug. But he will give you the shirt off his back. And that's, that's love. Amen. He'll demonstrate that love. Okay. So you have to have love. Love is the ultimate healer. That's first key. The second key is what we've been focusing on this whole conference, and that is called truth. Truth. Okay. Let's go on to the next slide. Next slide. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. The truth will set you free. Amen? Truth. Truth, okay? So we, we've been focusing on truth. We've been prophesying and speaking truth to the church, truth to Kevin, truth to, to Tracy, truth to you. We've been given words of God that is the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and, and the truth will set you free. He also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Amen. Truth is foundational to all healing. Prophecy is the truth of God. Amen. Prophecy is the truth. You have to have truth. Amen. We have to have the truth. It's the truth that sets you free. I, and Jesus, Jesus is the truth, amen? He's the truth that does set you free. Truth is reality, amen? Lies are fantasy. Truth. And so what we're doing in minute, all this ministry, what I pray is when Joe was talking this morning about, about wasted beauty, you know, of Queen Vashti and, and, and Esther being that, what's it called? Hidden star? Uh, hidden star? Is that right? That's the truth. Amen? 
That's the truth. And he was talking about different types of churches. That's the truth. And he was talking about how we can enter into the presence of God, how God has called us as the king has called us to come into his presence. That is the truth. And that truth will set you free. Amen. And we speak truths about the, we, we prophesy over you, maybe your purpose and your call and what God's going to do for you. That will set you free. The, the, the prophetic word you gave to Joe, you gave me a great one yesterday. That is truth that can absolutely bring freedom to Joe. And we, hopefully we're giving you prophetic words that are true. It's the truth that we need, right? It's the truth that we need. But I want to tell you something. Don't give me the truth if there's no love behind it. Because Paul said, don't you ever do that. Why? I mean, isn't it truth? Isn't it truth? What's that, that movie, A Few Good Men? Jack Nicholson goes, you can't handle that truth. And then Tom Cruise wins the case. <laughs> Amen. Okay, it's, it's from the 90s, some of you young folks, you know, it's okay. It's okay. There was electricity. Okay. What we, <laughs> what we believe affects our entire life. Amen? What we believe affects our entire life. You see, when you, whatever you believe, you have to have an object you believe. Faith requires an object, okay? Belief is faith. Faith requires an object. Now, the object of what we're believing can be a lie. The object of what we're believing can be the truth. Amen? The object of what we're believing. Now, here's, the, here's what I want to get into. We have to, I can tell you the truth. We can give you, like the prophetic word, give you an example that Joe Warner just got. He has a choice right now. He can choose to believe what Pastor Kevin said, or he could choose to believe something else. Amen? God has given you truth all the time. We're, we're speaking truth. The church is speaking truth. We get the, the truth of the gospel, the, the truth of a prophetic word, the truth of, of who you're, what's going to happen. We're always hearing truth, but it's amazing how many times we sink right back into believing the lie. Oh, that'll never happen for me, or, you know, I, I don't know if that's really going to happen. I want to tell you something. Amen? You have to believe the truth for the truth to work for you. I can tell you the truth that Jesus died for your sins, but until you believe it, it won't do you any good. Amen? You have to believe the truth before the truth will work. Let me say it again. It's a very simple principle. I can tell you the truth till the cows came home. Amen? But until you believe it, it doesn't matter. You got it? And you can, we can preach the truth until you believe it. And I can prophesy to you, but until you believe it and accept it and know there's love involved in it, it's not going to work for you. I will tell you something. Truth requires repetition. <laughs> you know, if you've ever tried to learn something, you go to, go to the next slide. Okay. What we believe is a personal choice that can be influenced by negative and positive circumstances. Okay? What we believe is a personal choice that is influenced by negative and positive circumstances. You know when your life is tough and you're going through hard stuff, it's hard to believe, right? When you lose your job, it's hard to believe. You go through a divorce, it's hard to believe. You're so sick you can hardly get out of bed, it's hard to believe. It really is. But you see, it's still a choice to believe. It's a choice to believe. Whatever you focus on will control you. This is a counseling principle I've used for years. I cannot tell you how many people I've counseled that are so focused on the problem and so focused on other people that that problem or that person has absolutely consumed their life. We can be so focused on something, it literally takes over us. If you focus on the Lord and you focus on the truth, the truth will control you. If you focus on the problem and you focus on the lie, the lie will control you. If you focus on another person, the other person will control you. If you focus on the problem, the problem will control you. 
Amen? Whatever you focus on will control you. And guess who wants your focus? Guess who wants to be in control? Why did Paul say those are led by the Spirit? The mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. Those are led by the Spirit of the sons of God. Amen. The Lord is calling us. He wants our focus back. He wants us to start focusing on the truth. He wants the truth to control us. And it's going to require focus and faith. And it's going to require repetition. Repetition. You have to practice it and practice it and practice it and practice it. Repetition creates faith. Repetition creates faith. This is why you want to take your prophecy and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Whatever word you got, you want to, you want to mull it over and mull it over. This one, you've heard the word meditate. Meditate actually means mutter. But you want, to, you want to repeat it over and over and over. You have to practice things. You know, I'm an old sports guy. I played basketball for years. I played football for years. I did all kinds of stuff. I remember practicing free throws. I mean, I was a, a below average free throw shooter. Not as bad as some of the NBA guys I've seen. Amen. But I, but I want to tell you what, man. I remember that free throw line just sitting there hour after hour. Choo, choo, choo. Repetition, yeah. Repetition, repetition, repetition. And when we, we hear truth and you get a prophetic word, it needs to be repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated. Write it down. And I will say this. Speak it out loud. Speak it out loud. Let you see faith comes by reading. Oh, oh, I thought it was reading. No, faith comes by hearing. I was just kidding. Faith comes by hearing. And sometimes what you need to hear, you need to hear the sound of your own words. And so when you get prophetic words, speak them out. Speak them out. As a matter of fact, let the principalities and powers know what you've heard from God. They don't read your mind, but they can hear you. Amen? It's like, oh, the, the prophecy, when you're prophesying over your, was it your grandson? Or, oh, incredible, incredible. That should be repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated. See, to, to get this going, we have to repeat this. Training revolves repetition. You know, you can't work out one time and get in shape. Amen. Wouldn't that be nice? I actually do go to the gym some. I've lost about 50 pounds. I'm still working on it. Amen. I found the most difficult machine at Planet Fitness is the front door. <laughs> man it's a hard machine oh. the best part you know what I love about working out you have to pump a little iron amen. I actually pumped some iron this afternoon you know what I love about it it's when it is over oh. <laughs> can you get an amen 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 faith comes by hearing what we continually hear will create faith amen amen okay I want to give you a warning, okay? I always want to give you a warning. Truth that's not accompanied by love can bring on shame and condemnation. Have you ever, you ever known people that all they want to do is just tell you the truth and they're just black and white and blunt and they just, you know, they, they, just, they just tell you how it is. They just tell you what you're supposed to be doing, what you're not doing, and, and they, don't, they don't understand anything about progress. It's just this is the way it is. Let me tell you this. I'm telling you the truth. And you know what it does? It just makes you feel, I mean, it doesn't work, does it? You know, Joe, Joe's got a great quote. He calls it care before correction. And that, that's really it. We can speak truth to you all the time. But if all we did was speak truth and you didn't feel like we cared or we loved, sooner or later all you're going to feel is a bunch of condemnation. You probably want to get out of the church. Amen. I had a pastor, you know, I, you know, for a living, I, you know, run, I train pastors for a living in the International College of Ministry. I had a really, really great student, okay, who graduated 
from my school maybe probably 10 years ago. And, you know, he graduated, and this Baptist church hired him. It was up in Memphis, Tennessee. It was a beautiful church. It was in a really nice neighborhood, this beautiful brick building, you know, had the steeple, everything. You know, the Baptists used to build their churches shaped in a, like a cross. It was, you know, the building was shaped like a cross, had the two Sunday school wings. He had about maybe 10 acres of land with it. It was a great job. So he got on there. He's the new pastor. He decided the first thing he was going to do was bring correction to that church. So he spoke for six weeks about correction, the correction he was going to bring to that church, what they ought to be doing, what they should be doing, what they're not doing, what they can do, what, what was supposed to happen. And he, everything he said was the truth. And after six weeks, as the Baptists are apt to do, the deacons got together, they had a congregational vote, and they fired him. And he told them the truth. But what he didn't do was love them. You see, if you don't mix love with truth, you're going to bring a bunch of shame and condemnation. You're going to become legalistic, and it just becomes hard. Amen. So you have to have. That's key number two. You see, prophetic truth without love can create shame and condemnation. It absolutely can. Well, it's the truth. Yeah, but the motive behind it was not good. The third key, the third key is this. The third key is Large, you've got to have, you know, truth and healing. You've got to have all that. Go to the next slide. You have to have time. You have to have large doses of time. I want to tell you something. No matter what God does, no matter what happens with God, if you do not have love and you don't have truth and you have to add time, and if you eliminate any one of these three things, it will not work. I don't care what we say to you. It needs time. Let me tell you something. God has given me a lot of time. He's not giving you time. Amen? It takes time. For all healing, for prophetic words to come true, it takes time. This word that Joe Warner got, I want to tell you, it's not going to happen tomorrow morning. <laughs> it is not going to happen tomorrow morning. It may be several years from now. It's going to take some time. And you've got words here the last couple of days. It may take some time. You see, there's a, a story in Luke. Let me read this to you. Luke 13, 6 through 9. Jesus began telling this parable. A man had a fig tree which had been planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and did not find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, Behold, for three years I've, I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, Let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. If it bears fruit next year, fine, but if not, cut it down. In other words, he's saying, You know what? This tree needs a little more time. Don't cut it down yet. Let's nurture this thing a little bit longer. Let's give it some more time. Jesus has given us over 2,000 years, folks. Amen. It's going to take time. All the, these seeds we planted this weekend, it may take some time. Amen. These prophetic words you're getting, it may take some time. No matter what happens, I don't care. If, you, if you're going to counseling, if you're being ministered to, no matter what is happening with God, everything in ministry revolves around these three keys. You have to have love, you have to have the truth, and you have to have some time. And what happens is some people are impatient and they do not want to give you time. Some people have no love. Some people have nothing but the truth. Some people have all love and no truth. It doesn't matter. We have to have all three of these things. And this conference today, I'm hoping in the conference, for this conference to bear fruit and for this church to bear fruit, it's going to take the love of God, it's going to take the truth of God, and it's going to take some time. 
And you cannot get rid of any of these three. If you get rid of the time element, it's not going to work. If you get rid of the truth, it's not going to work. If you eliminate love, it's not going to work. And I know this sounds kind of basic, but I will tell you what, people trip up on this. I cannot tell you how many people I've seen that want to focus on the truth, but they don't have love. Or they get truth and love, but they don't give it time. It takes time. I mean, it takes time. It took me a long time to get this good looking. Of course, I'm not as good looking as Joe, but I'm working on it, okay? Amen. Time can be productive or wasted. Go to that slide. I want to show you something. You know what productive time is and wasted time is? See, productive time is time that we spend with God. If you really want to bear fruit in your life, and you want these prophetic words to come true, and you want this ministry to take place in your life, and you want to see the, the call of God happen in your life, in your husband's life, in your wife's life, and you want to see this sort of stuff, we need productive time. You see, in our life, we have a choice every day. We can spend time in the Word. We can spend time, uh, you know, focusing on the Holy Spirit. We can spend time in praise. We can spend time being real with people, or we can waste time. You know where most people waste time? The biggest waste of time is not television. Okay? The biggest waste of time is not the movies. The biggest waste of time is people who are not real. It's fake people. You know what? There's a lot of people, and some of you too, maybe, I'm not condemning you, amen. Some people wear masks. You know what I'm saying? They, they put on an air. We do this in the church sometimes. You know, we have this, some people, we have this religious mask. Hey, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored of God. What's going on in your life? Are you okay? Sure, I've got God's favor, and I'm highly blessed and highly favored. There's some people, they're just not real. They're not transparent. They're like plastic plants. You know, a plastic plant looks great, but it never grows. Amen? It does. And there's, a lot of, there's people out that are like that. And that's wasted time. If you really want to have, if you want the Spirit of God to grow in you, and you want the gifts of God to grow in you, and you want all these prophetic words to bear fruit, and you want things to, to really happen with God, you've got to get real. That's productive time. Productive time is not, it is focusing on God. It is praise and worship. It is getting in the Word. But if you're not getting real, you're not transparent, and you're not being who you really are, with all your stuff. That's who you are, amen? You're wasting your time. God doesn't work with the fake you. He only works with the real you. God doesn't work with pretend people. A pretend person just stays that way. And some people spend a lot of energy and a lot of time trying to keep this image going. It takes a lot of work to keep that image going. You say, well, I don't do that. We've all done that to a point, amen? I mean, I've tried to have the pastoral image before. Hello, my child. God bless you. Welcome to my church. I'm Dr. Ray South. What's your name, young lady? I mean, you know, it's hard to keep that up for very long. Amen? Because I'm kind of a big old corny guy. <laughs> the point is, we've got to get real. And the more real we are with God. You know, you know what, David, the more real we are with God, the more productive our time will be. You know, King David was real, wasn't he? He was a, wasn't he real? Oh, God, the dogs of Basham have surrounded me. My soul was in the depths. Oh, Lord, do not take your anointing from me. He was just real. You know what he was called? A man after God's own heart. And, folks, quit wasting time trying to be something you're not. And quit wasting time trying to tell people you're okay when you're not okay. You're wasting your time. If you're not okay, you're not okay. That's why we have a healer. That's why we have God. Amen? Let's get, let's get real. Let's get transparent. Men, we struggle with that. You know what integrity is? I heard a great definition of in integrity. 
Integrity is transparency. I want to tell you something. This is going to be a hard word, but promise me I love you. If you are not being transparent, you know, with, not, not with everybody on the planet, not with the people in line at Walmart, but if you're not being transparent, you're not walking in integrity. It's not the truth. And I, guys, I'm going to talk to you. It's harder for guys for some reason. Guys, you know, we, we got this image. We're, we, we're, we're taught our whole life to suck it up, be a man. You know, you don't cry, just be a man. You know, you know just put on your, your macho image. You know, you're okay. It's all right. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy. I'm a man. I got a man card. I, I got my man card going on. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. I'm fine. You got to even know I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm cool. You know, I'm cool, man. Everything's cool. No, you're not. You see, to me, that's, that's chicken. You're not being honest. And I want to tell you something, it's a lie. And it's not integrity. See, a man of integrity is real. And he's honest with God. And he also is real with safe people. But whatever you want with God, whatever you want with God, okay, you can't rush the job, okay? You cannot rush the job. If you continue in what you've received here, you will not waste your time, okay? You will not waste your time. The three elements that you need that you need for all ministry. I know it's kind of a simple message, but uh, go on to the next slide. The three things you need are love, truth, and time. And you say, well, that, yeah, that's kind of obvious one. You know, you'd be surprised how many times we miss that. We, we'll either miss the love thing or we'll miss the time thing. Amen. It seems like as a church, we focus on the truth. You know, so help me God. We focus on the truth. But sometimes we slip up in the love department sometimes we slip up in the in the time department we want to rush it we don't give people time and the lord just told me to tell you guys you know work on all three have the love of god in your heart receive the love of god know the truth you know this is what we're doing we're trying to minister truth to you we've been giving you all kinds of truth nuggets to, to this last few days amen all kinds of incredible truths. I mean, I'm just blown away by the truth. And the truth is great. You have to have the truth. You really do have to have the truth. But even this morning, like the sermon this morning, I'm still trying to absorb that. You know, about that this coming into the presence of God. Pastor Kevin gave me a prophecy. Was it Friday night or Saturday morning? Maybe it was Saturday morning. And I am still, wow, I am still like, Wow, I wrote this thing down and I called my wife and said, honey, wow. And I want to tell you something. It's probably going to take me months to absorb this thing. And it may take, like you said, it may take years for it to come into to effect. But I'm not going to forget it. And I knew when he gave it to me, it was a very loving act. So the three things, the three keys to all ministry, the three keys to prophecy, the three keys to life, the three keys to healing, the three keys to successful church growth, the three keys to personal growth, the three keys are love, truth, and time. And do not eliminate one of the keys. Do not eliminate one of the keys. And I'll tell you something right now. Some of you are really good with truth, but not so good with the time thing, <laughs> okay? And some of you are really good with the love, but not so good with the truth. Matter of fact, I struggled with that. I had so much love, I didn't want to tell people the truth. I really didn't. You know, I, was, I didn't want to hurt their feelings. So I, I, sometimes I wouldn't tell people the truth. I was too compassionate. So if you're missing one of those keys, God, Jesus, this is what Jesus did, amen? Jesus gave us love. He gave us the truth. 
And, you know, I don't have my calendar out here, but it's been at least several thousand years he's given us. Amen? <laughs> Amen? He's given us a plenty of time. That's the formula, and that's really what we have to have. Amen? And I don't know. I just felt like sharing that with you. That was not really deep theology, but it kind of hit my spirit is if we don't have these three things operating, no matter what we do in a conference like this, it's not going to work. But I did feel a lot of love here. Okay? So maybe what we need now is to give this church some time, okay? Give some of these words time to grow in your heart, you know, okay? Let's, let's give this whole ministry time and all that God has given you. Let's give it the appropriate amount of time. But in that time, make sure it's productive time. It's time where you're being real. It's time where you're really letting God do his thing, amen? That's good time. Let's don't waste our time. Let's have productive time with God. Amen? Amen. Give him some praise. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we, uh, we've been saying all weekend that uh, this is a prophetic conference, and uh, we talked yesterday, you know, our job here is not just to prophesy to all of you. It's to get you to prophesy to all of you. Amen? We're equippers. This is what five-fold ministers do. We equip you. You know, we had the impartation. Was it, what was that? I lost some track of that. It was yesterday. Amen? Um, no, when was the impartation? That was last night. That was last night. I'm forgetting. We've had, what, what 18 meetings or something like that? I don't know. It was like, anyway. But, you know, the point is, is not, it's not us doing it, Pastor Kevin doing it, and Joe doing it, Stan doing it. The point is, we want you to do it. Amen? You know, that's the old thing, like, okay, I can catch some fish and give them to you, or I can teach you how to fish, okay? I mean, you know, it's kind of a basic principle of life, and, and that's what it's about. So what we want to do now is maybe have some little ministry time music. I think tonight I'm feeling maybe Lionel Richie or something like that. We did, we did Celine Dion last night, right? How about, um, i tell you what, let's have some... I haven't had a prophetic word yet, but I'd really like to get one type of music. Okay? <laughs> That'd be good. Okay? Let's see. It's probably not Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Okay. No, that's definitely not. Oh, that's much better. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. By the way, in the prophetic, you know, sometimes we're silly, but you've got to laugh at some of this. And, you know, laughter is, is good medicine. Amen. Amen. It does. Joe and I laugh so much, my wife has to sit between us. <laughs> Sometimes to stop us. <laughs> she, has to, she has to break us up. <laughs> she actually does, does that. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, let's praise you, Lord. I thank you, Father. I praise you. I just felt the anointing hit. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Holy Spirit, just come. Spirit of the living God, come. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Father, that you have loved us. And you have said that no matter what, height, nor depth, nor principalities, nor powers yet to come, that nothing can separate us from your love. Father, we praise you. Holy Spirit, just, just give us a big dose of your love. We thank you, Father, for your love. We thank you, Father, for the truth that will set us free. And we thank you, Father, how much time and grace you've given us, Father. We praise you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for that, Father. I praise you for that, Father. I thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father.